0: going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the kind of funny x cast your home for all things xbox here at kind of funny of course i'm one of your hosts Snowbike mike and i'm always joined by my two gaming dads but this week it's a little bit different only one gaming dad this week mr gary witta we had some juggling of some schedules some last minute shifting and f- and flexing but we're all good because of course I have Barrett Courtney, our producer, to fill in at the last moment. So thank you, Barrett, for joining us. How are you today?
2: Doing well. Always, uh, you know, always down to flex with you, Mike. Uh, always always uh, ready to jump in. I uh, mm-hmm. can't quite fill the shoes of one pair, Lily, but I can, I can try my, my darndest to, to have a fun time
0: with y'all. I appreciate you joining us and be a part of it. Of course, my one gaming dad this week, Mr. Gary Whitta, the Rogue One. Gary, what's good? How are you this week? One of the
3: benefits of uh, me having ADHD, Mike, and generally just not being engaged or, or paying attention as, as you know, as, as frequent viewers, especially of the kind of funny games daily show will know. Um, I mean, it's, it's very, very rarely has any benefits at all. It's a massive pain in the ass, but this week, so there was a, there was a bit of back and forth this week where you had an interview line in the Slack channel, you were like, Oh Gary, we've got an interview lined up this week. So you can step out, you know, if you're not available and, you know, just, you know, not be on the show this week, and I was like, yeah, yeah, fine. And then it was like, oh, the interviews dropped out. Can you come back in at the last minute? I was like, I didn't pay attention to any of that, so I just assumed I was on all week. Like, so you, when I came on this morning, when I just dropped in, oh, thanks for coming in last minute. I'm like, last minute? Don't we do a show every Friday? And Mike was like, yeah, but there was that whole, there was that whole thing where you weren't on, and then we asked you to come back, and I'm like. I don't remember any of that. But
2: <laughs> Never happened.
3: It's the struggle is real. I oh. I I was actually diagnosed with ADHD um, several years ago, and it's a it's a massive hassle. And like the whole like oh sorry, Greg, I was miles away. Like people that yeah, became a meme and that was funny, but like that's a re- <laughs> it's a real thing. I genuinely have a really hard time like staying engaged and staying in the moment. And like I'll be listening to you as you're talking, but I'm not hearing a fucking word you're saying. I'm like miles. Like literally, I'm like just away with the pixies. It's a it's a real. It's a real thing. When I did the, when I did the test with a, like a psychiatrist gave me a test that you do with a laptop and there's a whole thing where you have to like hit the space bar every time you see a letter of the alphabet, except the letter X is like one of the, they have a different test now, but when I did it, it was that. And you do it for like five, 10 minutes. And at the end, like you get the, 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 the doctor like looked at this, I can just tell you right away, not only do you have ADHD, you really, really have it. And so it's, it's, been, a, it's been a thing. I take medication for it now and it's a, it's a thing. But you know, a lot, of people, a lot of people say, Oh, like Gary doesn't look like he's focused or like, Gary looks bored or whatever. Like sometimes I am bored, especially if Greg's co-hosting. But other times That's why I you just, were miles I, away
2: that one of, uh games alien. That
3: know? like I said, that miles away thing, which became a meme and a lot of people got a laugh out of, was I remember I, I remember specifically when that happened. Like I Greg was talking to me, but like at some point, I get, I think everyone experiences ADHD differently. But for me, the way it, it, it I experience it is. You're talking to me, and I'm listening, or at least I appear to be listening. But what I'm hearing is the teacher from Peanuts. And then Greg's like, "So, what do you think about this highly controversial issue, Gary?" And I'm like, "Oh fuck, I didn't hear a word he just said. He took <laughs> like two minutes." And so the only thing I could do was like just own it, and like hopefully people will find it funny. But it's a real thing, like you know, it's it's, it's a real issue. I have to I have to really consciously make an effort to like stay engaged with you and listen to you otherwise I just drift and it's like it's not I don't it's not again it's not that I don't give a shit or I'm like lazy or don't care what you're saying I just it's just the thing like I just I can't keep Senate, it's like joy-con drift for your brain like if conflict? i don't keep correcting it and staying on target i'm gonna drift barrett you're nodding like you know what i'm talking about do you have do you have any of this i have not been diagnosed
2: but uh everything <laughs> that you're saying is things <laughs> that i feel like i relate to a lot even oh, in sure. your explanation i did start to drift a little bit and there again, you go it, see yeah so uh um, it's happening yeah as you I, speak. I i i yeah i i i at least in like growing up in school and stuff like that was never a thing that like my parents felt the need that I needed to be tested for. So, Um, but that is like definitely something as an adult, I feel like I experience a lot. Um, So I had it ever since I was a
3: kid, my mother used to say about me, it goes in one ear and out the other.
0: And that's honest, that's honestly how it feels. sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you know what, Gary, I'm really happy to have you. I love when you're always around and I'm thankful we have Baird, this week, it will be my goal to keep you both engaged in the conversation, because we got a great, kind of funny X-Cast on the way. We now have the official release date for season two of Halo Infinite multiplayer, and some really cool details that you don't want to miss out on some cool quality of life changes coming your way. We also are going to talk Unreal Engine 5 and The Coalition showing off a very cool tech test that you definitely want to check out, and so much more, because this is the kind of funny X-Cast we post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, best coast time on youtube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com and of course on podcast services all around the globe. Don't forget if you're listening on your favorite podcast service, do me a favor, give us a rating, give us a five star over on Apple iTunes or if you're listening over on Spotify, they just introduced a rating system. So please let us know what you think of the podcast while you're giving it a listen. Also, we are now Epic Games Partners, which means if you are buying a new look in Fortnite or if you're upgrading your look over in Fall Guys, please use our Epic Creator Code anytime you make a purchase there. It's no additional cost to you, and you can use our Epic Creator Code at checkout, kind of funny, each and every time to help support the team in a brand new way. And speaking of support, of course, it's the month of April, and we always want to give a big shout-out to our Patreon producers. So thank you to Gordon McGuire, Fargo Brady, Pranksky. Dan Golden Spider B, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, First Responder ND, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew. Also, shout out to the live chat right now that is watching. Thanks to patreon.com slash Games Support over on the Patreon tiers. You can watch a number of our shows recorded live and be part of the live chat and having some fun engaging with Gary, Barrett, and myself. This week, The Kind of Funny x is sponsored by Chime, DoorDash, and Babbel. Myself and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. Guys, let's jump into it. And to keep you engaged, keep you talking, we have a fun viewer question coming in right now from Twitter. Tracking Shots Sam writes a question that actually Barrett came up with the same question yesterday to kick off our show. So Tracking Shots Sam writes, what's a franchise that deserves the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga treatment? Of course, Gary and Barrett. This past week, we've all been enjoying a fun Lego game. Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga is now out, and I want to build off of that question. I not only want to know what franchise slash IP do you think deserves the cool Lego treatment, but also what's a fun Xbox franchise that you might throw in the mix. Now, Barrett, I know you're loving Lego right now, but mm, I got to mm. get I got to get Gary engaged right off the rip. So, Gary, I'm gonna come to you. You've seen a lot of franchises, a lot of cool IPs throughout your entire life what would you give the lego treatment to
3: i'm trying to think first of all when i when i saw the incredible off the charts reviews that that new skywalker saga game is getting because it seems like everyone's absolutely i saw a thing today said not only the best lego game ever ever made but the best one of the best star wars games ever made which is quite high praise indeed i'm gonna have to check it out this weekend i installed it um a couple of days ago my first thought was who has that in our in our fantasy draft did someone oh, grab that Janet, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a big Janet point scorer. i
0: think has that Janet who has is it and i'm looking at it right now yeah. she received 12 points so only an 82 on open critics so okay. we didn't get too punished for that one right there but she continues i'm surprised it's that number. low
3: because all the reviews have been, been like five stars haven't they they've been incredible reviews I, don't I know why they were it's averaging out at 85. Five.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, okay. eighty. A little low than what I thought, but
3: uh, maybe you know, maybe maybe the oh, ones yeah. I saw were like just on the you know were higher end and not mm-hmm. not necessarily typical of the whole reviews. Um, but no, so it's interesting, right? Because Lego, both in terms of the actual sets, you know, the bricks that they'll sell you. I was just looking at some Lego stuff in Target earlier today, and in and the video games, they're already kind of the master of all the big franchises, right? They've got Marvel. They've got DC. They've done great games in both the Marvel and the DC universes. They've got Star Wars. They've got Indiana Jones. Uh, they've got Harry Potter. Like, you name it. Like, if it's a massive, massive franchise, they, they don't have it. So two thoughts. Uh, one was, I was actually thinking the other, because somebody said best Lego game ever made in this review. I was like, really? Better than Lego City Undercover? Because that's my, for me, that's Ooh, the best Lego game ever game. made. A lot of people love the that game. one. And it made me think, man. Why did I don't know? Did he, let, let me ask you this: Did either of you play Lego City Undercover all the way to the very end? Never touch oh. it because it is incredible. And the third act of that game is absolutely off the charts, fucking nuts. Like you start off, you know, it's a typical kind of like you know he's a cop in the big city, kind of a dirty Harry, kind of you know renegade cop, like you know chasing a serial you know villain kind of thing. And it's all very tropey and all very like it's a cop thriller, right? Let me just tell you, I, I, put your earmuffs on if you don't want any spoilers. <laughs> By the end... You are plummeting to Earth in a massive space station that is breaking apart as you're trying to get off of it. It is absolutely insane, and it goes to the craziest places. And I remember feeling so ex- I never felt more exhilarated than the third act of like Lego City Undercover because it just oh, okay. you keep thinking like it can't get any more crazy than this, right? Fighting <laughs> giant mechs and like it just it just keeps piling on and piling on. This is I, I, this, so this is my kind of stealth video game recommendation for anyone out there who's looking for something to play like maybe it's on, special it's got to be cheap right now. It's been out forever. Get Lego City Undercover. It is so, so, so much fun. It is my personal favorite Lego game of all time. And I love the Lego games. So Lego City Undercover is on another level. If you remember, it first came out for the Wii U and no one paid yeah, attention yeah, to it because yeah, yeah. it was very specific to the Wii U tablet features and like nobody cared about that shit. And it kind of got, I think it was a bit, it was a bit of a victim of the fact that no one really cared about a game on the Wii U at that point. But then they brought it out for the uh, the the last generation. They brought it out for like Xbox One, PlayStation 4. That's when I played it, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. Really, really, really good game. Do not sleep on Lego City Undercover. So my thought was like, please, will they, will they please just do Lego City Undercover 2? I would love to see Ooh. a sequel to Lego okay. City Undercover 2. And then I guess the other, the only one I can think of that they've never really kind of gone big time on If at all, both in terms of the like the physical sets and the games, is Star Trek. What about Lego Star Trek?
2: That would be And Star
3: Trek is back like never before. What is it, like five Star Trek shows on the air right now? They're making another movie. Star Trek is like more in production and more like back than it's ever been. So I don't know. I kind of feel like you could have a lot of fun with some Lego Star Trek stuff. I like um, that, I Yeah, like that. that's, that's how, my thinking.
0: How about an Xbox franchise? In all your years with Xbox, what would be an Xbox franchise you'd slap on the Lego tree?
3: I mean, Lego Halo seems
0: like it could, you could have some fun with that, right? Oh, I think you'd have a lot of fun with that. You know, I believe they've teamed up with Mega Blocks or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so that's you the can, thing. I remember, I remember it was like, it was like one of those knockoff like, le- knock Lego yeah, things, but, yeah. But it, Mega it Bricks or whatever cool it's called. In the, uh, the Lego universe to see Halo Master Chief, the elites, all of the different universe pieces like crumbling and falling apart. I think that'd be really dope, Gary. It would actually like,
3: be you know. an opportunity for you to, to do a different kind of Halo game that could still be very story-centric. You know, the beauty yeah. of the Lego games, and I think one of the reasons why people enjoy them so much, especially in terms of like Star Wars, right, is they just lean so much into the comedy, right? Everything is mm-hmm. fun. And and they and they have a and one of the, I remember playing the the previous round of lego star wars games and 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 i love that they they always come up with a really fun way to kind of reimagine every scene for comedy right it's all the famous scenes you remember from the movies but they're all but they're all like well what if this what if this were just like an all-out comedy what would what would the same scene look like and yeah. they always do such a good job of reimagining the story as like if, what if star wars were a comedy i think it's brilliant that's one of one of the creative um uh uh wins of of that entire series so I think i i i it would I be really interesting i think there's a you could have a lot of fun like literally like a lot of com- a comedic type fun with the halo universe and have master chief go off to different planets and i don't know it just feels like it would be an, it just feels like it would be
0: an easy fit i like that gary and i was actually you got me thinking in my mind you know what would be the perfect fit was that halo spartan assault game that they had back in the day that i believe was like a top-down twin stick shooter i could see that just becoming lego and it would be a ton of fun so A good recommendation there. Now, Barrett, it's your turn, and I know you love these LEGO games. You've been having a ton of fun with the LEGO Skywalker saga. What would you do with a franchise?
2: Yeah, uh, uh, Gary, you're making a great point of, like, the the comedy and stuff like that, and something that I think makes LEGO special, not just with the video games, but, like, the LEGO movie, right? The reason why those were so good is that, like, you really feel like it's a child almost telling this story, like a child coming up with uh, the the story that's being told, especially in the Lego movie, because that is, like, kind of a core part of what that story is. And playing through the Skywalker saga, it really does feel like that, like... The energy of like this, uh, you know, eight-year-old kid with his uh, Star Wars Lego sets, like retelling the the movies uh, through their eyes, and you know, getting the the big beats, but also being goofy and being a uh, uh, very kidlike, which is, I think, part of the magic of uh, Lego stories that they tell, um, whether it's through uh, Star Wars or like the the Marvel games uh, that we've gotten. Um, and so, like it, it, for me, it's like what would be a fun. Like, what would be a fun story for, like, a kid to retell, almost? Um, you know, we were talking about on PS I Love You this week of, like, I want an Avatar The Last Airbender game where you play as an Earthbender. But, like, give me an Avatar The Last Airbender where it's, like, retelling, like, the uh, Aang story and the Korra story where you get, like, kind of the, the hubs of... Uh, like the, the like you do in Skywalker Saga, where you get to go explore, but then you have like these main missions. Um, I think that could be really fun, um, Mike. You and I both love One Piece. I I would just like love Ooh, to like yeah. be on like a, a Lego ship to sailing around and stuff like that. Like I think yes. that would be really like a really fun universe to do that for. Um, Keeping with like the space stuff, right, with Skywalker Saga, um, I also go to like Cowboy Bebop because that is such a serious story. I think it'd be really fun to like tell, like retell that in a very like goofy way. Um, so, yeah, the, the, those are the ones that like uh, come to mind immediately of, of some franchises I would love to see uh, as a Lego game specifically.
0: I like that. I know Paris would love Cowboy Bebop. He'd jump right on yeah. you and tell you that would be a fun combo. You <laughs> know, with the Xbox yeah. franchise, I was thinking
2: about this. You know, I I, I know it's it's a new Xbox franchise because they purchased it. I think uh, uh, with the same wavelength of Cowboy Bebop being so serious, I think it would be fun to like have a Fallout Lego game. Oh. Okay. A, okay. a, a, a Retail like either like Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas, uh, with Legos and stuff like that, or or just like a new uh
0: story, uh, but in the, the Fallout universe, I think would be fun. I like that recommendation, Gary and Baird. I thought long and hard about this, and over on the Twitterverse, we saw people throw out like Elden Ring or Dark Souls and make it like super hard and really fun to play. And then I thought, you know what, you two, I'm actually lucky because I get my wish. My wish would be a Lego sports game. I think of how cute and creative that would be with the fans and the stadiums. And of course, the gameplay of like, I think of soccer, which is going to be one of the games we get of like slide tackling Gary's Lego character and that character just falling apart and splitting in half. That's like the 2K
2: partnership that they're doing, right? Yeah. Okay. And
0: so I'm really, I'm into this Lego sports idea, right? I think of soccer and football could be fun. But another one that came to my mind was skateboarding. I think Tony Hawk, would be Ooh. really cool with that it almost becomes kind of like a tech deck situation meets lego and tony hawk with combos and grinds and jumps and spins i think that would be a ton of fun so i'd love to see yeah. a little more extreme sports with like skateboarding and lego i like them together
3: i like the idea of a range of of lego games that just reimagine classic video games like in terms Ooh, of the yeah. halo thing you wouldn't i mean you could ju- you could just remake the first halo Right, the first yeah. level would be like fighting aboard the ship with the Covenant, trying to get aboard. Like you, I can, I can close my eyes and imagine what the Lego, knowing what the Lego kind of gameplay, basic construct is. I can, I can imagine like any moment from like the first
0: Halo game reimagined as like a Lego level. Yeah, that would be dope. And you know, Gary, for mine, I thought of Halo like you, but then I took it up a notch to Gears of War, and I think Gears of War would be so cool Lego style because if I lancer chainsaw one of the Locust horde members in half and it just like shoots little red Lego pellets up in the air as if the gore, I think that would be so much fun. <laughs> I don't fun. know if you It'd get the blast. gore,
2: but you'd get a visual gag of like,
0: <laughs> Let me, you know, like wanna, he, I, he I tries to go you,
2: for a, a chainsaw and it's like a rubber duck or something like that. You know?
3: I want to ask you both a, a, a more general Lego game related question because I've played a bunch of these Lego games and Leary and I have played them a lot. Cause one of the, the appeals for, the two of us is the co-op factor, right? It's fun to play together in these games. And they always nail how well that works, especially when the two of you have to work together to solve a puzzle. Um, There's two types of Lego player. There's the, there's the person who hoovers up every stud. And then there's the person who doesn't feel like they need to do that. Which one are you?
2: Barrett, you want to go first? And and this is, like, why... uh, It's, like, things like this where I feel like I do have some sort of, like, um, (laughs) uh, ADHD that I don't have diagnosed where it's, like, I'm both. And it's, like, I'm constantly fighting between both where I'm, like, oh, man, I need to get, like, in the Skywalker saga, saga, right, they call it true Jedi to, like, uh, get a certain amount of of studs, right? But at the same... uh, Like, I'm... battling in myself of, like, I need to do this, but I also just want to get through the story machines. <laughs> it's just, like, I don't need <laughs> to do... it, so it's a, it's, a, it's a constant battle, and I, I think the way that I've been able to com- uh, compartmentalize it, I play through the original trilogy, kind of fighting that battle. I just started the prequel trilogy uh, today, and I think what I'm just going to do is, like, I'm just going to play through the stories just play through the the single player missions and then you know there's a a free play mode where you can go back and like go collect everything and like replay missions and i think i'll try to save like the full breaking everything to get every stud uh for for that after i i roll credits on everything
3: my uh my my wife is is a big like gotta get every stud person like not just hoovering up every stud you know just bashing everything to like make studs but also like the 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 more like on track game stuff like finding all the hidden studs like the red studs and the blue studs the ones that are worth a lot i remember she played the 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 lego indiana jones trilogy which is another good one by the way yeah that is a fun and one and she got so many studs that she unlocks the thing at the end Where it's literally just raining studs constantly, and literally studs (laughs) falling from the sky everywhere you go inside a building doesn't matter. Everywhere you go, studs are just infinite. Studs are constantly raining, and you collect them on they, and they all add to your to your score. And you can just there's like there's no limit to the number of studs that you can get. I remember that was that was fun when it just started raining studs endlessly. I was like, man, you got a lot of studs.
0: You got the studs. (laughs) Yeah, for me, Gary, I've turned that part of my brain off after so many years. I'm thinking back to you um what was that game just cause was that was the one what was the one with terry cruz what was that game called i'm forgetting the name that was crackdown crackdown i'm thinking of you crackdown and all the orbs right like i've turned my brain off after several years of trying to get everything now gary where it's just like i'm a man on a mission we got to get this done i'm not doing this anymore because I know I'll lose t- track of time and it will be over for me. But I, it's,
3: it's actually a problem when right. Lear and I play co-op games when, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of like joined by an invi- invisible rope, right? The screen won't expand that much or whatever, or even when you're playing on split screen or two different systems, I'm always like, I want to move forward. Like, come on, come on. Like the critical path, clearly <laughs> this way. And my wife's like, no, hold on. There's a little, there's a little nook over here where we haven't checked to see if there might be a secret. And like, I guess that's, the better way to play right because you'll find all the stuff but like i i skip a lot of things because i just want to i don't i don't need to check every corner i don't need to look under every rock but my wife is one of those guys because there are definitely gamers like that
0: right they have to look under every rock and she's one of them yeah the biggest travesty of this game right now because it is a great game don't get me wrong is the the missing online element of online co-op it is really really oh they don't have that They do not gary and it's uh it's a tough one there it actually reminds me of for uh, you xbox players out there gary you'll remember and of course bear you were running the show when we talked about battletoads right and battletoads coming out and not having that online capability is a big miss there and it's odd because we've seen a number of Lego games in the past show that they can do online. And then this one in particular- I was gonna they say, like, to do I, that, I, I don't
3: think you've got to ask why, right? I mean, I, I can't imagine any technical reason why they couldn't do it. It's gotta be a, a choice that they didn't yeah. implement it. What, what, I, I can't think what that I would have be. Have
2: Lego games had online co-op op? the
3: believe-
0: past? I, I don't, believe they have, but we can double check that. I don't, I'm actually that not they sure they if they
2: have or not because I've always yeah. just done couch co-op. Because it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if they ever have. It's always been, yeah, local co-op from what I really? understood. And one I, of the I, things I feel that... like they just doubled down on that. And it's probably a decision they made early on because they've been make, making this game wow. forever, right? And I think the right. way that we have been playing <sighs> games, at least in the last couple of years, uh, like at home trying to play online with everybody because of the pandemic, right? Like... I wonder if it was one of those things where they thought about it, but it was too late in development to like really like get it out on like launch day or whatever. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're maybe trying to look into it for an update, but yeah, it was one of those things of like, man, I, I would love to be playing this with like Mike. Yeah. I mean,
3: see, it like kind that. of seems like a no brainer on puzzle to, to
0: learn that they don't have it. You're, you're right, Ben. I looked it up. So no online support at all for those. That is alarming and wild, especially in the day and age we live in now. So we'll see. If they do that, but guys, let's talk about a game that's all about online. Of course, Halo Infinite multiplayer. We got season two on the way. We now have an official release date for season two. We were treated with a nice little teaser trailer today during this weekend. If you're listening. And of course we have some details that uh, Halo players definitely want to know about, but of course, we're taking a look at the teaser trailer. If you're watching over on YouTube, if you're listening on podcast services, you've seen it already. About a minute and a half of Halo goodness, I believe, or probably less than that. It's pretty tight. It's twenty six seconds. But uh, Gary, we now have the official date. Season yeah, two it? starts May third, right around the corner, less than a month away. Yep. We got to see two the two new maps. Of course, we have our arena map Catalyst and our Btb map Breaker. Uh, a little couple of pieces of that. We get to see some armor on display. A lot of people are freeze-framing and taking a look at one of those shoulder pads that's actually a Covenant Elite Skull, which is pretty badass-looking. Uh, Gary, what does this teaser trailer and date do for you? Does it get you excited again for Halo Infinite?
3: I don't know. Maybe. I do kind of miss it. I mean, I, I think I told the the last time that I was really, really, really hardcore engaged with a game like you know we get to that point where even when you're not playing it you're thinking about it and when you can next play it and like i was getting out of bed early in the morning to sneak in an hour any chance i had to play that was halo infinite i was really really into it and then at some point i was kind of like done with halo like i just i just reached the point where i just wasn't playing anymore I, i don't know what the if it was to do with the the lack of variety in the maps i remember thinking not like oh this map again or whatever you know when it would pop um it's something about it. I just, I was really into it. And then I just, I just wasn't. And I feel like that was a story for a lot of people. And we've talked about it. You, me and Paris on the show several times before that it's been an interesting Kind of roller coaster ride since the launch of the game came out of the gate. Everybody loved it, right? Like it was free. It worked really well. You know, again, we have a low bar these days. Just the fact that it was functioning and you can connect to a game easily and you could play. And the fact that was, it's like, oh my god, drops,
2: this, like uh, helped as well. Like that was yeah, yeah, surprise. yeah. And
3: it's available today. Like they 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 got a lot of goodwill that first week. There was a bit like I would say the first month there was a big big honeymoon period where everyone was just really really digging it. Um, like the, just just the basics, right? They nailed the basics, the feel of the guns, the sounds the movement, like it was just fun to play. It was really addictive and I really, really enjoyed playing it. Um, And then I I guess the, the only thing that kind of took the shine off of that was people weren't thrilled about the battle pass and the progression felt really slow and the rewards weren't especially exciting and they've been working on that. But then again, just in general, it seems like since then, it's just been the excitement about Halo Infinite, and I'm not like a hardcore member of the community, but someone who's kind of like adjacent to it and from the outside looking in, it just seems like the general level of of excitement has been just kind of waning. And I guess the big question is, I so I look at that 20 second, 26 second trailer, and I read, you know, about the new maps, and I'm, I'm I guess, the, I I don't know. The the big question is, is this is this new season gonna give Halo Infinite the kick in the pants? it apparently needs is is it is it is it going to regenerate and and rekindle excitement
0: i i I don't know what do you guys think that's the big question gary i think the lack of more maps than just two as of right now is probably the biggest question on a lot of halo players minds i think what they're looking for is more content and actually it's really cool because i'm going to tell you about some quality of life changes that are coming on the way that they detailed in their latest blog post and i think a lot of halo players will be excited for But as we always talk about, content is king, right? And I think these quality of life changes are great, and they got me excited, right? But then when I look back and I go, oh, I'm just going to get two maps and how many modes, then I get a little less excited here, Gary. But let me tell you about that in just a moment because I want to stick on this trailer for just one second. We do have a viewer question coming in from Shinobi3005 that writes, with Season 2 getting a reveal trailer, what's everybody's thoughts on this? Barrett, I want to kick it to you because you're a man who's seen a lot of reveal trailers working at IGN and now at Kind of Funny. What does a reveal trailer, a teaser trailer at this point for what we see here, what does this do for you? Does this cause excitement for you as a non-Super Halo fan? And do you think this gets the community buzzing?
2: Uh, For me, it's maybe so like, people who have been more into the halo uh multiplayer recently and are you know tired of seeing the the same old maps and stuff like that <laughs> like uh, being able to just see glimpses of the new stuff is probably exciting this doesn't really do anything for me this is like yeah this looks like halo that i played 5 months ago like yeah that's cool like i i, I don't know if that's really going to bring me back in um like, looking at this and stuff like that. Like, n- none of the new maps or things where I'm like, oh, God, I got to check this out or anything like that. Uh, but granted, I am more of, like, the casual uh, Halo multiplayer guy, right? Like, Halo 3 was uh, my big, like, multiplayer uh, game for the Halo franchise and didn't really touch it again until Infinite. Um, so this doesn't really do anything for me, and, like, the big question I have is, like, I I feel like Season 2 has got to be the big, like, proving ground for Halo Infinite of, like, this is our live service, like, we're updating this, we're giving you this multiplayer game that y'all are gonna want to talk about and play for years, and, like, talking about this game and, like, people playing this game has been dwindling, I feel like, over the the, the last few months, so I feel like they really gotta step it up and, like, prove themselves at the, the launch of season two and really show of, like, you are going to want to come back once every few months and stuff like that. If they don't hit it, right, especially in this uh, current ecosystem of multiplayer games where, you know, you have like Fortnite and Apex Legends and all of these other games that are constantly updating, constantly giving you new things and stuff like that. You're constantly hearing from them. I just, I start to have a little bit of doubt of like if Halo Infinite can really stay in that in that conversation on a continuous level, or this is just gonna kind of like even go below like Destiny 2 level, like convert, like fan base conversations, right? Like it's gonna have a little bit of its like audience that sticks around, but nothing
0: really that like brings a majority of the people back, right? Yeah, Barrett, I actually like that and I'll piggyback off of that because you got me thinking, yeah, season two is a big pivotal moment here. Of course, we're coming a hot off of a long extended season one. Halo players are looking for that new content. They're looking for how 343 will elevate this and get us all back. But also, this is going to be like primetime summer months, right? We're talking kids out of school. We're talking summer, kind of the lack of gaming, waiting for those next fall and winter releases, right? And I really think that Season 2, especially Season 3, are going to be kind of the proving ground for 343 and what they bring to the game, not only multiplayer, but of course, over at single player with co-op campaign and onward but like right you got to be already looking down the way fall's coming which means a new call of duty is coming and that's going to be your direct competition here which is going to be a big deal well, here at it, the it, end of the year this
2: year the the year that they're not doing a call of duty i forget if that was that franchise or not we're calling i Duty's... thought it was
0: next, next year, year? Okay, so i think okay, this okay. year should be modern warfare if i am to be correct but either way my worry is is if we have a light summer, it's going to be an even bigger uphill battle in the fall and into yeah. I mean, holidays. If you, if if you have
2: a light like summer, like, it is primed to like, get a good amount of attention. If they can keep up the momentum in season two going into season three, I don't know when. I'm not going to pretend of like knowing when that starts, if that is fall or whatever, um, of like constantly keeping that conversation going. Keeping it in people's minds, especially in, like you're saying, like school's about to be out in May, uh, late May. Right. And so, you know, the season starts a little like a couple weeks before that, like uh, get another push, like right at like right at the beginning of summertime for kids to come in on Game Pass and play this uh, free-to-play multiplayer game, right, and battle a little bit against the attention of Fortnite, which just got its no build mode, which I I know is, like, very big and stuff, and I know that they're probably going to keep updating and giving us, like, new content throughout the Fortnite season and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting because there's no new releases. It could have a pretty good summer, but, you know, with the other uh, other free-to-play games that are more Battle Royale-focused, like, how, do, how does it fight to, to, to keep in that conversation? Sorry, my,
3: my question to you, Mike, from that, on that 26-second video. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, the press release out, outlaid uh, a bunch of stuff about new maps and quality. I, I do want to hear about the quality of life stuff, yeah. by the way, because even though that's not always the sexiest stuff, I actually think that's sometimes the most important stuff is the quality mm-hmm. of life improvements, the stuff that just affects you know, every, the way you play every time you log in and play. Um, and, you know, any, any game that you name, I can, I can think of like something, oh, we should just, just tweak that little thing and just make it a little bit easy to do this or that. All those little quality of life uh, improvements, they do add up. But my question is, so I looked at that 20 second, um, uh, uh clip of footage, that trailer, and I'm like, I, I have an untrained, eye. Like, I played a bunch of Halo Infinite, but I'm not like a Halo expert who's played every game, uh, multiplayer. And I'm like, yep, that's Halo. when you looked at that with more of a trained, kind of seasoned, you know, Halo player's eye, is there anything in that 26 seconds that's suggestive of something new and exciting? Or is it just kind of like a bunch
0: of Halo footage, just like a bunch of people playing Halo? I think the Halo footage itself in the 26 seconds is just more Halo, as you put it, right? I don't think there's anything that, you know, jumps out the screams, oh, this is going to be new and exciting. To me, what I look for right at that beginning is that opening cinematic. We've talked about building kind of this... You know story within the multiplayer that will be shared amongst the halo infinite Lauren story right and so that got me excited seeing that opening but then as we got into it right i smiled because it's more halo right but also i think what feeds into that is now you start to speculate and think in your mind well we've had rumors of what is certain Infinity doing are they making a battle royale right what is this new mode in btb last spartan standing right did we see a glimpse of that where it looks like there's multiple different Spartans with no outline, maybe like a free for all type style. And that's what gets me excited. Gary is more of like the, Hey, we've heard so many rumors and speculation. Am I seeing pieces of that right now? And then I think the capper that a lot of people are enjoying is, Hey, look at some of these new pieces of armor, the lone wolves tagline, right? Look at that elite skull on that guy's arm. Is that going to be a cool look for me and my crew? But to me, right, 26 seconds isn't enough to really sell us. I'm sure we'll see a little bit more, but uh, it it was just in line with what I wanted. But it, I I need more for sure to get hype. But you know what gave me more, Gary, was the big blog post, and that's what I wanted to detail with you and the gang here and make sure Halo fans out there heard it because you know 343 does an outrageous job at giving some incredible blog posts over on the Halo Waypoint. Site, but they're massive Gary there are a lot to chew on there a lot to get through and I know that a lot of just average fans will see the trailer and that will be about it right but there is some really cool details in this that a lot of players should know so this is actually part two of a two-part blog called the season one outcomes report so this is kind of what they learned from season one this is the kind of stuff that they'll be bringing in to season two and beyond. And so they talked about a couple of different things. They talked cosmetics, they talked the shop, they talked the evolution of different um, events and what you can expect. But here's a couple of the big notes that I got excited for as a Halo fan. And I think people had questions and want to see. So let's start off with customization, Gary, something that you and I've talked about. So the question came up, there's a couple of pieces here I'll read off. Players want to be able to customize content across different cores, cross-core customization, they've titled it. The answer, enabling customization across different armor cores has been the largest point of feedback when it comes to customization. We agree that there is room to have better customization by lifting core restrictions where possible. But for right now, we're pursuing options that will allow players to use certain customization items on different cores. Due to the way the core system was initially built, getting items to work on various cores will take time, may not even be possible for all items and will likely require us to do it piece by piece in short our goal is that we will be incrementally moving to a model that has coatings and visors working across all cores with helmets and chest gear working across cannon cores as our first focus changes make uh making the system so gary that was a big one right you had the really cool samurai core you had all of these awesome Spartan coatings on the other cores, but you weren't allowed to use any of them. So you just kind of had a play Yeah, I used samurai to, I, core. I used
3: to play with a regular with a regular uh, squad, and I I remember some of my um, friends were really really annoyed about like they had bought a really cool um, armor set like an armor core, but then other other cosmetics that they wanted they found out later they weren't compatible. They couldn't get the look or the or the particular combination of armor and core that they wanted so i'm not surprised that the, 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 the you know there was a lot of people that that complained about that i think it just it was it was a symptom of a bigger issue which was just that the customization and the progression and the battle pass rewards whether through grinding or even buying stuff in the store where the more interesting stuff was it just wasn't that great like it was really really it seemed really really hard whether you were willing to pay money or not to come up with a look for your character that really felt kind of bespoke and different. And you oh, wow, look at that guy. Right. They all just kind of, they all just kind of like vaguely different, but like none of them really popped off or stood. There was a couple, but they, you know, you get like the flaming, you know, skull helmet and stuff like that. But that was like a couple of things at the very, very end of the, the, the progression tree. It just, it just felt like it was a lot of Spartans running around that looked almost exactly like each other. Like there could be a guy with level 90 armor, running around next to a guy with like starter armor and you wouldn't be able to tell much of a difference. I'm hoping they'll be addressing that
0: as well. Just just sexier, cooler, more custom looks for your for your Spartan. Yeah, I think this is a big one for the Halo fans out there, especially early on when we were going into the store and buying armor coatings and different stuff. And it wouldn't work on all the different armors, right? You might be into one core, and not into the other core. And that the paint jobs didn't cross over to each core which was a big question mark there so i'm glad to know that they've taken that in they're going to try to fix that it reminds me of Fortnite, right bear to get you involved of like now in Fortnite, you could have one skin with a different backpack and a different glider and a different pickaxe right like i love being able to put on and mix and match different pieces and yeah, so when we had I, that it I was a lot it was very disappointing i didn't know that you couldn't like i didn't
2: mess around with the customization enough to even know that you couldn't mix around with those cores so that's that's wild! It took them uh, that long to. Really I would get annoyed that. because
3: yeah. I was. It's just, it's just the system was annoying because like I would I you know i I'd I'd, I'd I'd unlock a level in the battle pass and it's like hey congratulations you've unlocked this cool helmet and I'm like well why can't I equip it it's because I because I I was rocking the wrong
0: core <laughs> you're rocking it's the really wrong really annoying thing.
2: yeah yeah but so yeah.
0: that's wild to me shout out to the team for elevating that and here's a big one Gary for me in particular as you know. I got really deep into the HCS and I bought a number of team skins, right? I was really pumped up. And those to represent were cool. Those station skins. gaming good. kit and all that, right? And so here's one for you. Players want items that make up a kit to be able to be used individually. So their answer to this, similar to the point above, players who unlocked a kit, e.g. Noble Team Spartans and HCS team kits, wanted to be able to use the individual items within that kit. With other customization uh, customization content to create unique cu- cus- uh, combinations, kits were meant to give players the feeling of becoming a character, noble team, or wearing a team's uniform. Esports, but we understand the desire to use a kit-specific item in other customization combination. In the future update, we'll be changing the kit system so that you will be uh, that we will allow players to sport individual items. their kits to use on their own personal spartans so this is the big one for me gary right i was rocking that space station gaming black and yellow right i was loving repping the team but there was a certain number of things i couldn't do right i couldn't put on the cat ears i couldn't have the cool pineapple grenade on my chest right like you couldn't elevate that skin and i totally get where they're coming from right of like hey we wanted to be that character on noble team we wanted you to rock the esports look right but i think as you progress and I start dumping money into the store or unlock things off the battle pass, I wanted to still rep the team, but I wanted my Spartan to look cool and unique and be my own. Right. And so that led me halfway through the season to drop the cool space station gaming look and not rep the esports team anymore and go off on my own path because I couldn't wear those items. So this is a big one for me to keep in mind because I really like that. Right. And I think that also goes to like, what we'll see with the lone wolves, right? Who are those dedicated Spartans, and what are their looks? Are we going to be able to mix and match just like noble teams? So, I a, think a that, nice win right here for that
3: this, one. This this has got to be a really high priority item for them, not just in terms of addressing the, you know, what sounds like a, you know, the 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 most common request but this is what. but also this is how they make their money right is selling items and customization people really really care about how their character looks and they love having bespoke items and being able to say like no one else has you know an outfit or a look exactly like mine because i've crafted it i've got a piece from here a piece from there whether it be you know i mean csgo still makes millions doing this right (laughs) people pay a fortune for counter-strike items and 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 bespoke looks and you know gold guns and stuff that you know only they have and they can kind of show off and feel good about having acquired and you know a lot of people are willing to spend real money to to do that and given especially considering the the multiplayer game is free all of their monetization strategy is is rolled up in being able to offer customization options and items that people want so actually it does looking back on it it seems kind of crazy that they would have had a system that locks you into certain trees and certain paths and really limits the amount of customization you can do. That seems to be probably the most valuable lesson that they will have learned in terms of not just giving players what they want, but unlocking the ability for this game to make money. By by it's like, it's almost like, oh, I know you want to give us the money for this thing, but we're not gonna let you because it's not compatible with like if I walk into a store, right? If I walk, if I if I walk into um, a clothing store and I want to, and I want to like put a bunch of shit together that like looks absolutely ridiculous. The guy, the, the guy that's helping, me is not going to say, I, I'm sorry. I can't let you buy that. It looks ridiculous. It's my money. Let me buy. If I want to walk out the store looking like a fucking doofus, then that's, that's my core. Right? And in fact, a good salesman is going to look at that and go, oh, you you know what? On someone else, that would look bad, but on you it works. So he's going to tell me what I want to hear. I mean, I would like the honest salesman,
2: though. If, like, if the, if the, if the salesman is not going to try to upsell me and be like, Ah, uh, the tank top, uh, you know, that doesn't look good on you. Here's some short shorts <laughs> with that. That'll definitely pull. Yeah, it together. And, then, and, now, I'd and now it was be you like, just, hey man, just, like yeah. you just gonna You a don't bit. have the arms for the tank top look, and I'd be like, yes, I understand. Thank you. You've got to let people
3: <laughs> buy what they want. I mean, I, I I play. It drives me crazy, but I play with friends who that big thing. Every time they play a game, whether it be in character customization, you know, the initial character creation, or in the, or in the the weapons and the armor and the gear, they always want to look as ridiculous as possible right if you want to look as ridiculous as possible that's your choice it's your money um i can understand if microsoft might be want to want to cultivate a certain kind of aesthetic maybe they don't want a bunch of spartans that look like total
0: clowns running around but if that's what people want you got to give it to them oh yeah we love giving people what they want and we have a lot more details on what's coming up for
1: quality of life improvements but i want to take a moment share
0: a word from our sponsors
1: For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. I took three years of French, and guess what? It didn't stick. Now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively easy and fun way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or just have some free time, Babbel teaches you bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually wanna use in the real world. Uh, Je parle un peu Francais, and I was talking to Jen's mom here and there about little things, mon chapeau, you know what it's about. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. I could use that for English. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, you can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash kinda funny. That's babbel.com slash kinda funny for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel. Language for life. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank and Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depend on the payer. You've got back-to-back meetings, errands to run, and chores to take care of. What's the secret to clearing your to-do list? A little help from DoorDash. You can get dinner, household essentials, and everything on your grocery list delivered. I'm gonna pause the ad and tell you ladies and gentlemen, how do I know so much about DoorDash? I used it this morning. I woke up, I had to get the house ready, I had this guy coming to work on the garage, I had the nanny coming over, we had no clean bottles, I cleaned all the bottles, and I was like, I'm hungry, and I need coffee, and I don't have time to make either, I DoorDashed uh, Jen and I some breakfast today, and it was great, when I was sick last week, I door Gatorade, because I wasn't about to go out, door is great, back to what they wrote, ordering is easy, and your items will be left safely outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop off. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code KINDAFUNNY. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code KINDAFUNNY. Don't forget, that's code KINDAFUNNY for 25% off your first order with DoorDash, subject to change. Terms apply.
2: Now, Mike, really quick,
1: really quick,
2: you know, we're, we're talking about you know, all of these people in halo infinite looking the way they want. And yep. like, we don't really need to talk about this a lot because you, you already talked about the show last week, but I just need just like a really quick
0: hit of like, what do you think of master chief's uh,
2: booty cheeks? Like what, what what's going on?
0: Gary Widow master chief has shedded the armor. He was butt naked in the last episode of halo. Oh in- Wow.
3: So not just, not just
0: the helmet off. Now, you, it, now you get to see the other helmet too. It's a calling him master cheeks. Okay. Because we wow. got a lot of ass in that episode, but you know what, Bear? I don't want to get too uh, hey,
2: Halo, reaching for them cheeks, you know. Because I will
0: talk about that in a little bit, but let's keep it going right now. gary another big one you talked about was the Battle Pass and earned rewards, right? People like free stuff too, along with buying stuff. So the question went out to uh, the three four three team. The question was: desire for more and higher level customization content through free methods. So here's their answer: Season two will improve on the free experience by slowly removing. Armor core limitations to enable more customization options with those free items, something we just talked about, having better customization items as weekly ultimate rewards, and having even more customization content and event passes and the free track of the battle pass. So they heard that they're going to elevate that. Also, remember if you buy the battle pass, you will earn enough credits. Throughout that battle pass, that you will be able to buy the next battle pass with the credits you earn. And they also never expire. So you got a cool one right there. But on the free rewards, Gary, let's talk about that. People love free stuff. Are you happy to hear that they're going to elevate these kind of cosmetics and items that you will earn for free?
3: I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but I mean, more, I guess more to the point, I think I would, I think I and a lot of people would have been furious if they hadn't addressed this, right? Because mm-hmm. it was the thing that was most apparent. From like day one. I you mean, remember it was the first thing they had to fix, right? They they instantly kind of gave you more XP per round because people were complaining day one. It's like, man, like there's grinding and then there's grinding. Like, you know, you would play a really long, you would play a really long, hard fought match, and that that in itself is its own reward, right? The whole point is the game shouldn't be a chore. The game is fun to play, but you also want to feel rewarded when you're done. And when and when that and when that battle pass XP inches up like a couple of pixels on your screen. You don't really feel like you've been very well rewarded, and again, I know they responded to that and they did increase uh, the progression. But uh, again, it was it was it was even after the improvement, it felt very very slow. I know they did bonus XP. I I like that new feature they brought in where you know you would get like extra XP, and it would kind of each subsequent match that you played, it would kind of be a little bit less until it kind of leveled off. I thought that was a good improvement. But again, the 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 biggest issue was just like I would I, I would I would have this like it was the same story every time. I would go boom, unlo- you know, congratulations, you leveled up, you get that little you kind of euphoria here, and then it would say, Look what you've unlocked. And I go, ooh, what is it? And it's like, Oh, that's it, like it's just like a little gray <laughs> yeah. armor piece that I could barely even see on my armor. That was the issue, it's just the rewards were not very good. So, I mean, here's the, here's the thing, right? This is all about a new season, and a new season means new battle pass. Which, you know, yeah. if you want to make progression through, you're going to be expected, you don't have to, but you I know, mean, just like the first one, if you want to make real serious progress you've got to pay um, you know, to, to unlock all the best benefits. Again, that's how they monetize the game. You get the game for free, but you know, you pay for the battle pass. This has now become a fairly standard monetization model for all of these big season pass-based games. Um, they, those are the two boxes they've got to check. You've got to, you've got to feel like you're, you're getting decent rewards for your progression, both in terms of the XP. Like, Yeah, that, that feels like a, I feel like I've leveled up enough based on the, the match that I just played. And then when you actually unlock stuff, you, you, you want it to be stuff you're excited about. And not just if you know what he you know what he reminds me of? You know when you used to go to like the, the arcade and you'd get like you'd play skee ball or whatever and get like a million tickets and yeah, go to the yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and then go to the go to the rejection My, Mike counter was the kid. Go, de-
2: Mike's definitely f- the kid up front who's just dropping the balls <laughs> into the, the circle, you know?
3: <laughs> but the point is you get this fat wad of tickets, you get excited about what you're gonna get, and you're like, you get a fucking pencil eraser. Right? The shit that's only Hell, good yeah, is like you the got,
2: coolest pencil eraser ever. <laughs>
3: I and that was the thing. Is I was tired of Halo Infinite. Give me a fucking pencil eraser yep, every yep. time you, you want the You
0: want the shit that's up on the top shelf. Oh, every now give, and again, at least give me something good. They're gonna give you some top shelf stuff, Gary. And also, they're gonna give you what you want, Gary. And I think this is the biggest one that we heard with the release of Halo Infinite and really what was just the battle pass level. So, here's some cool quality of life improvements that are gonna be on the way. The question was desire for a career progression system separate from the battle pass. The answer, a career progression system is in the design phase right now. We want to nail it out of the gates and that's going to take some time. So this Gary is the big one. I think this is the one we heard the most of. I want to level. I want to level up some way. That's not just the battle pass. I want to have, that career progression, that level next to my name that says, I'm level 22, 44, 155, that I'm continuing to get that. Oh, so something that that would actually persist like season to season. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just your battle pass level, Gary, right? And of course, what the details are, we'll find out. But this is something that players really wanted instead of, oh, I'm just tied to my battle pass level. Uh, And then on top of that, Gary, they also... Along with that, the question was award per match XP that takes performance into account. We talked about this, you and I, in the game. Yeah, that, they need
3: that as so that was a big one, yeah.
0: The answer is, additionally, we know there's a desire for per match, which also, le- or XP per match, which also leverages performance to plug into the system as well as the battle pass. Per match XP is on the way and will land this year. So that was the big one, Gary's like, you could only level up to completing challenges, and everybody hated that. Then yep. they were like, okay, we figured it out. If you play X amount of matches, we'll give you XP every single match, right? And they're like, okay, that's close, but I still want to be judged, essentially, off of my performance. Right. I want more XP because I just dominated, you know what I mean? And so looks like two big things here are, you know, in the works, which is the big thing for Halo fans. What do you think about that? I mean,
3: it was always strange. to We've talked about this so many times. It was always strange that, you know, Halo is... For the most part, almost entirely a team game, right? Especially a big team battle, like you, you are all supposed to be working together to complete the objective, whether it's capture the flag or you know even something as simple as Slayer, where you know it's first to a hundred kills or whatever it might be. You're all supposed to be working towards a, te- a, a team objective, but that but a, a lot a lot of the time that was undermined by this weird design uh, choice where. A lot of the ways that you would level up would just be about completing these selfish personal objectives, like get a certain number of kills with a particular kind of weapon or do this or that and things that were like things that didn't necessarily help the team win the game. So I think anything that recalibrates the reward system towards the team winning and working as a team rather than going off and achieve it. And rather than just wondering, I, I would see it all the time players. I'm like, what the hell are you even doing, dude? Like we're trying to win the game. He's off doing some, he's off like trying to grind some personal objective It's <laughs> yeah, not helping yeah. the team. And so, and it was always weird, Just something as simple as like, shouldn't I get more XP if I'm on the winning team than on the losing team? Like something as simple as that, like, shouldn't the, shouldn't everyone, even if, even if I got carried, like I'm still on the winning team, like, give me more XP for that. It was, it, it, there could, was a lot of head-scratching in this stuff. I, I
2: could see where they're coming from, because, uh, again, of, like, uh, trying to uh, battle against the the kind of concept, or not against, but trying to take ideas from games like Fortnite, right, where it's like, you know, you get a good amount of XP if you're doing well, if you, uh, you know, win the Battle Royale, but then they also have these side objectives. But they never, like, made it one or the other in Fortnite, where it's, uh, like, unfortunately, I, th- I think Halo Infinite was, like, they, they tried a little too hard pushing of, like, let's have it be alternate objectives. So, you, like, there are people out there who can play and have a fun time but not feel like they're they're not gaining a lot by not performing well, which is, like, a very, I think, accessible thing for, for the, something like Fortnite where you have, like, Joey and Kevin. Like, sometimes they're locked in and they're looking to get some wins, but sometimes they're like, hey, I just want to, like, grind out some some things. But at the other side of it, you know, like – a lot of Fortnite is like solo play and stuff like that, where, where the way Halo is designed, it is more of like, you know, you've got a, four people. You've got a quick objective to do. Um, you guys need to be coordinating. And if one person's off doing their own thing like that all falls apart really quickly. Um, so I think in like I'm having that leveling system in, in the modes that Halo has available to it. It just like it just something did not connect there. And I'm surprised that it came uh, with the launch.
3: Also, Mike, is a kind of related to this. I don't know. Did they say yeah. anything about ranked games? Because I'm not, I'm not a particularly high level player. I I think the last time I was playing, I was like alternating between like silver six and gold one, so like very kind of mid tier. But I have players who I, I have friends who play like diamond and onyx level, like really hardcore players, and they complain constantly about the ranking system and how like they'll they'll, they'll feel like they'll do really be, really well in a game. their rank might actually go down or stay the same or they'll do really poorly and it just just a general sense that like how your how your rank is affected is kind of weirdly untethered from how you actually did in the game and i and it's very opaque no one quite understands how the, you know, what other what kind of al- algorithmic stuff's going on in the background, like there's no transparency. So when people go, wait, I thought I did really well. Why did my rank barely move? Or I actually, I, I did quite poorly there, or my team got their ass, asses had. What did I rank? Why did my rank go up? It often seemed really, really counterintuitive. So I don't know if they're either recalibrating that, or there's going to be more transparency about how ranked games work. But I know that there are high level ranked players, because I know some of them that really, really don't like the ranking system right now.
0: Yeah, actually, Gary, it's funny you bring that up because there is a big blog post about that. Actually, a couple of months ago, Uni and the team came out with a lot more transparency and clarity of what goes into your rank. What are the factors of you going up and down? And they actually reset the ranks as well for everyone. So that happened a couple of months ago. And so hopefully that has kind of. Oh, so I'm not even going one anymore?
3: What a ripoff!
0: I, I think Gary, if you turned yourself back on. You're probably gonna have to restart. Do you know? His, do you know right? how many
3: games I had to get carried in
0: and had to cheese to get that rank? And now I don't even have it anymore. <laughs> you, Gary, when you're in the mood, you and I will jump back in and we'll go we get you ranked up, is right? But uh, some really cool stuff. Let's keep it moving on the things that Xbox gamers should know about, and of course, you should always know about the future and the cool stuff that's coming your way. Because Unreal Engine Five is now available to everyone. We had a really cool unreal state of our uh, a uh, cool state of unreal keynote for 2022 and of course some of your favorite Xbox uh teams were on uh showcase there but mainly it was the coalition back again to show off a brand new visual tech test uh named the cavern gary witta and it highlighted the new meta humans creator tool of course the lumen rendering system for lighting and then the environmental technologies that have been elevated from UE4 to UE5 we did see the Alpha Point One previously at a GDC now we've moved on to the Cavern with the team over at the Coalition and there's some really cool stuff to see what the future of gaming and what it will look like in front of all of our eyes this is really geared towards developers and creators but of course the fans can take a look and be wowed by what they see on screen and Gary this is something I want to talk to you about because you know you've come from the video game world for all these years you've seen the development of what you can be done on screen for the players you've seen all this grow and move so i want to talk to you about uh, unreal engine 5 but here's some fun facts from the coalition gary that everybody should know about the team has been working with unreal engine 5 for over a year now they talked about uh their last gdc test alpha point and what they learned and what they elevated of course we see this new cinematic visual tech test if you're watching on youtube you're seeing it live right now if you're listening You should go check it out. They did state that the full studio has been switched over to Unreal Engine 5, and they have really cool things uh, coming for Xbox players. And the big one that they wanted to note was how the team at Epic and developers can use these tools provided to create these truly next-generation creations without compromising quality level on even the Xbox Series S. So something really cool, Gary, when we talk about the future of gaming, your Xbox Series S is gonna do just that and that's what it's always been promoted to do uh we got out of that cd project red will have the new witcher saga on unreal engine 5 we got the new announcement from crystal dynamics that there's a brand new tomb raider game and for xbox fans out there it was shown that in exile rare undead labs the initiative double find ninja theory and obsidian along with the coalition are all teaming up and adopting uh unreal engine 5 so gary what do you think about this tech test? Were you wowed by what you saw on screen? It's funny. First of all, just to kind of talk about how far we've come,
3: I'm old enough to remember because I worked there at the time. Um, these back in the mid 90s, there was a magazine called Next Generation. And it was a magazine that specifically kind of dealt with, you know, kind of cutting edge, you know, video games and like high end, you know, ne- like always had an eye on like what was coming next. And uh, the original Unreal Engine, if you, if, if you recall, was that it, it, was, it was used to make a game that was simply called Unreal. That was the first game right even before unreal tournament and all the things that came it was just it was just unreal and that was on like i guess unreal engine 1.0 whatever it was and there's a there's a, a next generation cover that still pops up like years every now and again you'll see it pop up on twitter because people kind of laugh at it now and it really does show how far we've come it's a screenshot from unreal and the head the, the the cover line the headline on the front cover of the magazine is something like no your eyes are not deceiving you this is actually a real shot from a video game and you look at it now and it looks like total shit it looks like fucking minecraft it's like what the fuck? Like, like, really? Was there ever a time when we thought that was like the shit? Um, and yeah, again, back that because again, I remember. I was at the time. I was like, oh yeah, wow, really? That's really impressive because it was at the time in the same way that Atari Twenty Six Hundred was impressive when it first came out. And now you look at it, you just see blibs and blobs. And now it makes me think: What, 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 what are we going to be laughing at Unreal Engine Five in twenty years? Because we've moved on to like a whole other level. The you know the where we're where, you know where we're going to be going, I think, is 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 a fascinating thing to think about. And like, just what level of fidelity and immersion, you know, are, are the games that my kids are going to grow up playing? Right. I'll, be fucking dead but like i you know the next kids after me i think are gonna be Yeah, you know, you're gonna live
0: forever sorry to
3: interrupt yeah, you you're gonna i'm live telling forever. you i just want to live long enough to gaming put, my, dad. put my brain in a jar plug it into some kind of fucking matrix <laughs> where you know the decrepitude of my body doesn't matter anymore and i will be all good but like so to answer your question so i did watch that cavern thing i gotta be honest with you so clearly look unreal engine 5 incredible Right, and it's it, it, it's no surprise to me that all these developers, expensive though it may be to to you know to use, it, it's not cheap to use it. Um, developers are, are all kind of jumping on it because they see the technology, they see what it can do. Um, there's also you know kind of stuff that isn't sexy for us, but really really useful for, for developers. Like Unreal Engine is like it's like if you buy a Ford or a Toyota. You can always get parts for it, right? You, 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 you there's gonna be good service. You're never gonna have to worry about like tech support, or there's you know, there's always someone from from Epic or you know, the you know, their the tech support department that will help developers if they need resources or, or tips or whatever. It's just it, there's there's so many reasons why building a game on, on the Unreal Engine makes sense for developers. Some of which are very obvious to us when we play it. Wow, it looks amazing, great performance, and some of which is just to do with like kind of the, 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 the development workflow and the stuff that's happening under the hood and it's easier for developers uh to work with so it makes it's no surprise at all that that this is going to be i think uh probably the dominant kind of tech foundation for you know high-end games going into the future um and and matrix awakens showed that to me i i was my jaw was on the floor looking at matrix awakens i thought it was the first thing that i did well basically a year into the into the into the playstation 5 and the and the and the um and the series X and the games have been looking good. Right. But I remember thinking like for six months to a year, it's like there wasn't any, I looked at Forza, you look at Forza five, you look at halo infinite and I'm thinking like, this looks good, but does it really, am I really looking at this thinking, there's no way this could run on an, on an Xbox. One. It's just impossible. Not really. No. I mean, they look a bit better, but not night and day better. Matrix awakens was the first thing that I saw was like, okay, now this is, this is what this is pod racing this isn't fucking next gen. This is, this is the shit I was really, especially that sequence when you were shooting out the back of the car and the agents are jumping around, it looks incredible. And then the free roam stuff really, really amazing. The cavern didn't to me was not, it looked really, really oh, good. Wow. Okay. It looked really good. The facial stuff was really good. The lighting was really good, but I, I, I wasn't looking and I'm sure there's stuff going on. I'm sure a developer could say to me, no, 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 you see that particle effect. You could not do that on a, on an Xbox one or a PlayStation four. I'm sure that's true. But I'm just looking at what I'm like. What effect is it having on me? I wasn't blown away though. The way I was blown away by Matrix Away.
2: It's also hard to translate, like uh, to compare it with like watching a video on YouTube and then like you know being able to actually play uh, uh, the Matrix in the engine on your for sure, yeah, PS Five and Series X and stuff like that. And I'm I'm kind of with you, Gary, where it's like. This doesn't really do like this reminds me of like when the I, I think it was like when PS Five had its first reveal and there was like the the tech uh, demo of like something running on PS Five for the first time and it's like yeah that's cool you know I always like uh, you know seeing like next gen graphic stuff where it's like you got, you can always make a really good looking cliff you know like when you, right. you make a really good detailed cliff like yeah you got a, you got a pretty solid engine that you're you're making here for the for the future I'm more excited of like. What what are what are developers going to be doing with Unreal Five and in, in like a half a decade, right? What weird stuff can they can they get away with in the engine and like really push forward of like just like almost like game design kind of things where you know something that we've seen with the early this generation is almost like portals, right? With like Ratchet and Clank ripped apart with mm-hmm. Psychonauts two and stuff like that. Like, what's the next step after that to like? just get really creative and weird that's that's more of the thing like I'm more excited of Unreal Engine 5 like uh getting in the hands of, of people now is like that aspect not really the fidelity stuff because like you're you're wondering of like oh are we gonna look back at Unreal Engine 5 and laugh at it it's like no like I really don't understand like fidelity wise, how we get even any better. Like, it's just like, I feel like we're, we're there. It's just gonna be a matter of like upscaling to 8K when 8K TVs become a thing and stuff like that.
3: I, I, I'm glad you brought up Rift Apart because I wanna, I wanna correct my statement from earlier. I said like prior to Matrix Awakens, I hadn't seen anything that felt truly next gen. Hmm. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was that because it wasn't just oh. about how much better can we make this cliff look to your point. It was, they obviously sat down and said, here's what the PlayStation five can do. How can we build a game that really showcases that? Not just the game looking better, but like the ability to like, I remember the first time I did it, like, and and, we've all been playing games for years. We know what was and wasn't possible before. When you like rift into a completely fucking different environment seamlessly and go back and forth, like that shit was not, we just, a game's never done that because it (laughs) couldn't do it. Yeah. And now just the way there's kind of memory management, the, the, the stuff that PlayStation 5 is doing, where it's just able to hold like multiple environments in its memory simultaneously, and you can just seamlessly go back and forth between them, whereas usually you'd be waiting like maybe a 10, 15 second load. That was incredible. It was like, okay, that's, that's what's exciting about that was, that was that felt like next gen, and not just in terms of like graphical fidelity, but like what are the gaming possibilities? Being able to riff back and forth between different environments seamlessly that this technology
0: allows us to do. That was really exciting guys it's very exciting and the future is now because unreal engine 5 is now out for every developer and creator to start to use but guys let's keep it moving let's get out of this show i got a quick update for game pass for the month of april out right now you have cricket 22 on cloud and console that's an id at xbox game you have mlb the show on cloud and console something that me and Baird have been playing a lot of because gary it now has co-op where you can play 2v2s and three V three oh, cool. and and teamed up to represent some Bay area teams. And we had a blast. And I'm just saying, Mike, maybe, maybe
2: there might be a guest or two that pop up next time we co-op. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yep. maybe someone uh, tags in for, you know, to, to play, to play with us for MLB, the show. 22 as the Oakland A's right mm-hmm. um, you know we're, we're definitely gonna have some some fun times with that and uh, again I just want to shout out because I didn't really experience it with, uh, with last year because I only had a, a PS5 code of MLB the show last year uh, but being able to have uh, both on PS5 and Xbox Series S where I'm playing you know my franchise league on my big TV playing through that and then you know when it's like the work time and I gotta be at my desk you know making sure things are uploading but then you know upload my franchise save up to the cloud, have my Series S at my desk where I have to pay attention to stuff, download uh, my franchise save, and then boom, it's right there. It's so, it like, cross-console uh, save is just, it's the coolest oh. thing.
3: It's it's one of my favorite things, and you know I don't want to sound too privileged here because not everyone's got multiple consoles in their house, but for right. people that do, and honestly, having like having like a Series X and a Series S in like a secondary room, it's not it's not that's not like fucking Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk level you know shit. Like plenty of people I think can uh, have that up. Not everyone, but plenty of people do. And for those that do, like you said, the ability to just kind of I've been playing GTA um uh five be replaying the story and i've got an xbox upstairs and downstairs and sometimes it's more convenient for me to play up and down i know this isn't a particularly new thing but it's good it talks about quality of life that just just makes life better and easier the ability to to, to pick up a save like I'll you know i'll 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 have played a game upstairs and next time a week later i want to play it again downstairs it'll just find my save and instantly put me back where i was it's, it's it's basic stuff but it still feels a little bit like magic to me and it just makes our lives that much easier as gamers best
0: gary here's one i want you to keep your eye on if you have a little bit of time a couple of people have recommended you check out chinatown detective agency currently on cloud console and pc via the id at xbox program this is a game that you might be into gary so check it out yeah i saw a little bit of that coming on the cloud for ea play or from ea play Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare is coming to cloud, thanks to EA Play. And Star Wars Squadrons is coming to cloud, thanks to EA Play. Uh, Coming up next week, April 12th, you'll have Life is Strange True Colors on cloud console and PC. Panzer Corps 2 on PC, thanks to ID at Xbox. uh, The Dungeon of Nabulok, I always mispronounce that, I'll get it one day, uh, on PC, thanks to ID at Xbox. And April 14th, to end, your first half of the month Lost in Random come into cloud console and PC thanks to EA play. And of course things come in, but things also leave. So here's your update of things leaving the service on April 15th. MLB, the show 21. So if you're still playing last year's and you're tied to it, having some fun, enjoy it, but get ready to jump on the next year or keep playing. If you want to buy it rain on your parade, cloud console and PC. This mm. is the game. That Gary game. And Paris talked about. Yeah. This is a must play on the service. Even you, Bear, you giving the thumbs up to this one? No, I just I, I remember. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Paris and, uh, If, they're, really if really they if they if
3: they are retiring it now, now's the time because it doesn't take long to finish. You can probably finish it in like in one in one in one session. Mm-hmm. Really, really fun little indie. It's exactly the kind of game. Wait, a lot that, of Donut
2: County vibes. from Yeah, we, from a county yeah, vibe. absolutely.
3: And when when we talk about Game Pass being a part of its value being to get to try and discover games that you
0: might otherwise have overlooked, Rain on Your Parade is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. The Long Dark console cloud, PC pathway on PC. And then on April April 18th, leaving F1 2019 for all you race fans out there, that is your game pass update for the month of April to kick off Barrett. I've, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately, Mike, a lot of podcasts more
2: so than I would have uh, ever thought, but that's because MLB the show on constant, uh, on constantly in this house. And so I'm always listening to podcasts while playing. Um, one game that people have been shouting out a lot this week on PC Game Pass, I believe, only on PC, is Norco, uh, which uh, people oh, are saying okay. might be a good, a, a very high indie game of the year kind of contender. Uh, you're someone who's going back to their, their hometown. It's like the slightly different, uh, slightly uh, uh, futuristic, but like it's, nothing has really changed, but like people have like, like personal, like robots and stuff like that. A little visual novelty, uh, some mysteries going on and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of people have been shouting out Norco. So if you've got, uh, game pass ultimate, um, maybe check this out on PC. I, I, I know that I want to at least check it out, uh, for game of the year conversation stuff. So.
0: Okay. I all like right, that. I like right. that. Let's give, let's end the show with a big shout out. And Gary, this one is for you because this is a game that you love and your team over at Beethoven and Dinosaur won two BAFTAs, Gary Weta, and you have two BAFTAs, my friend. So from the BAFTA Awards 2022, your nominees for or your winner of artistic achievement was Artful Escape. And winner for audio achievement was Artful Escape. Gary, you love this game and you love that team. They're now BAFTA winners. I'm
3: so glad. I'm I'm so glad. Um that it, that it won some Baftas, and I'm sorry, I, I wish it had gotten more. But every every time, every time, you know, it's like every now and again when it's a when when you become like a, a cheerleader for a game that you don't feel like is getting as much attention as it deserves. Every time it wins something. It almost feels like a bit of a personal victory for you, just as a fan. You know, yeah, yeah. and then we all feel that way. And I and like, like you, you were thrilled when every time Psychonauts two won something, you
2: were thrilled. Yeah, it finally, it um, finally we, won a story award at a GDC, is where it won finally.
3: We've we've all we've all got our, our personal game. Every now and again, there's like you know, it, sometimes it's like a big like, like come the end of the year. Probably, I'm sure Olden Ring's going to be cleaning up, and everyone, all the Olden Ring fans are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's such a that's such a big game, and it almost feels like nailed on for all the game of the year awards at the end of the year. I think it should be Kirby. Fuck Elden Ring, but whatever. <laughs>
1: Kirby, I love that. One.
3: Kirby is Elden Ring. For it's like Kirby is Elden. Kirby is Elden Ring if Elden Ring didn't hate the player. That's the way that I would put it.
0: Well, it's Gary it's Williams, Elden Ring okay. for people
3: who don't want to just be abused okay i just want to enjoy playing again i don't know
2: there's some bosses near the end Not of kirby bad, that bad. i was having a talk i know i know it gets it gets elden pretty ring wacky boss.
3: towards the end um, <laughs> it's wild but, it's a good game
2: bringing but it back
3: no, to- kirby's terrific yeah. but the, so, the, my, my point being like every now and again there's a god of war or an elden ring as, as i'm sure breath it will be but, like it's hoovering it's up all the awards and yeah breath of the yeah. wild it's like yeah there was never in doubt but it's when it's when those little games that like, you know they're really good I actually felt this way about It Takes Two. I never expected It Takes Two to to, to clean up the way it has been. And the oh. fact that it has, is feels like such a vindication. I was enjoying that game going, I think this might be one of the best games I've ever played. Like, I think I felt that like 12, 15, 20 times when I was playing It Takes Two, just every time I was going, oh my God, this game just keeps piling on how fucking good it is. And I'm so glad that that I think would have been a tragedy if they hadn't been recognized to the degree that it has been. Um, and with me, I, I, love to, I would love to have seen the Artful Escape get even more reconditioned in the has. But again, every time it gets an award, especially a big one like a BAFTA, I'm absolutely thrilled for it because yeah. I love that game so much. Yeah,
2: that's really cool. I didn't love the the game as much as you did, Gary, but I did I did enjoy it. And if there was anything that game did really well, it was like the the art style and stuff like that. It, it felt like even a more psychedelic version of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I I did enjoy.
3: Yeah, Um, and the music is just incredible. It's just a really, really enjoyable experience. Yeah.
0: Guys, I think we kept you engaged throughout the whole entire episode, and I hope that we kept our audience engaged, having some fun listening and watching. No matter where you are around the globe, thank you for spending your Saturday and your weekend with us. We love being here with each and every one of you, talking all things Xbox, and most importantly, video games. The thing that unites us. Brings us all together. So, on behalf of my one gaming dad today, Mr. Gary Witta, and of course our producer, Mr. Bear Courtney, on the ones and twos coming in and filling in like a great host, like he always is. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. Next week, we'll have a very special episode coming your way. We can't wait to see you all there. And for everybody in the live chat right now that supports us over on Patreon, that's watching live, you are going to get treated to a fun post show all about gary witta so thank you to cooper Wait, raleigh and kevin ace x for watching live let's go there now everybody have a great weekend bye